listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by a man that says Frank right there, but you might know him more as Frank Caliendo. Hello, Frank. Hey, where are you right now? What right now, I'm in Carlsbad, you? California. Oh, all right. You're on, on the job. Are you working or is this? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm interviewing you on your show. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, technically, I am on the. Uh, technically, I am still working. I go live every day, though. I don't take days off Doesn't around matter. here. So even when I travel, Frank, I am going to be going live streaming right there. And fortunate enough to have you on here as well, dude. So, first and foremost, Frank, you live. How long have you lived in Arizona? A lot of people don't know you're an Arizona native. Uh, yeah, I've lived here. My daughter is 17 years old. She just turned 17, so 17 years. We, right. uh, she was born in Cleveland, and then we moved out here. So, uh, been living here in Tempe. That's how I right. know how to uh, hit the. Uh, I like that. The, those syllables like Tempe, uh, not Chandler or uh, Scottsdale, right. uh, but Ch- Tempe. Yeah. So uh, actually, Corona del Sol is in our backyard. So uh, now that's a uh, pretty close. Now you're originally from Wisconsin, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I grew up in. I was born in Chicago. Grew up in Milwaukee area. I was looking up the best players in Wisconsin history last night. I didn't come across you, but <laughs> who is the best player in Wisconsin history? Is it Latrell Sprewell? Uh, I play. I actually played a little bit. I used to run, be a part of an indoor baseball basketball place um, in Brookfield, Wisconsin, and uh, Latrell's brother used to play up there all the time. And then Latrell came up one time and I had no idea how good an NBA basketball player was until I tried to dribble one time and he could, his, he could just steal. I, you know, I'm five, six with Raptor arms. Right. And he just poked the ball away from me. Like it was nothing. So it was, uh, uh, yeah. So I'm Latrell Sprewell's very good. Uh, Nick Van Exel. Uh, Nick Van Exel, Kenosha uh, area, um, Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which my son keeps pointing out to me that I keep forgetting. Um, you know who yeah, else? There's, you know who else is another one that's under uh, Karan Butler from Racine. Oh, okay. I didn't. Re- I actually didn't uh, realize that. Uh, friends, I got some friends that you know, Jim McIlvain, uh, who played for the Supersonics. Uh, don't, ro- don't. He might be listening. Don't. Don't look up like that. Uh, no, the seven-year, thirty-five million when he signed that yeah. in the late nineties. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> great guy. Um, let's see. Uh, there's. You know, it's interesting because living in Tempe, it's very interesting in this Chandler area. Like we're right on the border. We're almost in Chandler, Gilbert. And the amount of division one athletes that right. come out of my son, and I are talking about this, a flag football team that we had that either I coached or was part of coaching or, uh, you know, whatever. There's like six kids playing division one uh, or about to play division one basketball or football that came out of just that team that he played on. When I was growing up in Wisconsin, it was crazy to have a Division One athlete, and they're right. all over the place here. Well, let's talk about it. Do you think a lot of that is because of the coaching that they received on that flag football team? Not, none of that was. But I, I, I had to. I was. We had to be. They had to be real careful that I didn't ruin them. That's a, a big part of it. So well, let, let's show one of your prized uh, possessions right there. Can uh, Jacob? Can you pull up the uh, of the great Dylan Anderson catching a pass right here? This is very cool. This Frank Caliendo, take us through this play right here. Yeah, I we, we actually his dad ran the league. It was an I nine league, and Dylan was uh, six foot six when I first saw him. He was thirteen years old. Um, we went to 
let me let me backtrack here for a second because Michelle Anderson, which is his mom, mm-hmm. was my son's like vice principal at uh, in middle school, which is Apprende Middle School. Okay. Now Apprende Middle School is pretty crazy because there's another kid I can't think of his name right now. He went to Rice last year and played, and Coa Pete went there as well. So the kids coming out of just that Apprende Middle School are are crazy. Um, so the first practice we had, and I was just an assistant coach. The first practice we had, she said, don't be scared, but my son's really tall. I'm thinking, okay, so maybe <laughs> he's 5'10 or something like that. All the other kids are about five feet tall. We get over there. There's a six foot six, 12, 13 year old. And I'm like, oh, this, this kid's going to be completely uncoordinated. This is right. going to be trouble. The first thing they do, we do is a flag pulling drill. He drops his butt down and starts chopping his feet. I'm like, right. what just happened? What, what is this? This, this, this? I've never seen this before. So uh, his dad comes over, Rob, and I'm like, can I buy stock? Uh, <laughs> is, there, is, there, is anybody chipping in on this? Because this is, this is pretty weird. Um, and the thing you never know about kids is you, te- you, know, you see all these phenoms that is they're coming up there are these amazing kids that stop growing at five nine or maybe they're six three or raise my hand on that frank yeah yeah i was five six and playing forward in fifth grade i didn't grow anymore right so you never know if if a kid's gonna keep on growing um and i would i remember bringing like some video of dylan to mike and mike uh and i remember bob go or mike golick saying yeah, that's great, but you never know if a kid's going to keep growing. I'm like, yeah, I yeah, I guess. Um, but now he's, you know, seven feet tall, and uh, he didn't even play basketball. He was 13 years old. He didn't play basketball yet. I don't know right. if you know this about Dylan. Mm-hmm. He didn't start playing basketball until eighth grade. He wanted right. to be a football player. He wanted to be a quarterback. And I was like, I said to him and his dad, I go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life because you – Already the height, beyond the height of most quarterbacks in the NFL. Any, right. Anybody six 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 seven, you get to that point. Your knees are too high, and they're going to get ruined. Correct. So I said, play basketball. And his dad said, yeah, we're going to work on some basketball. And next thing you know, he's got a basketball in his hand, and he's not even playing flag football anymore. I was like, don't even risk it. Uh, just go, just go shoot some hoops. So you always saw him with a basketball after that. So I first saw Dylan besides, by the way, joined by the great Frank Caliendo. We're going to talk Dylan Anderson, a close family friend of Frank. I first saw Dylan between his freshman and his sophomore year. And, uh, the thing that really stuck out to me and I get all these people all the time say, you're just a Dylan fanboy, all of this. I am a Dylan fanboy and I make no apologies for it. But Dylan, the first thing that you noticed though, was how legitimately tall he was and that he could move pretty well out there. Especially like you said, when you're a freshman and you're that tall and you're still in the middle of a growth spurt, you're supposed to kind of look like a praying mantis where everything's just kind of going in every which way. He moved very fluidly for a kid that young and that size. That's a immediately what caught my attention yeah his the people haven't seen it yet uh i think you're gonna get the opportunity to see it some this year and definitely coming up he's he moves uh, i i I don't want to say i don't want to sound like over the crazy but he moves almost like a guard i don't think he's got the twitch of a guard but he moves like he bends most seven footers and they like listen they have what three or four legit seven footers on arizona right Mm -hmm. i mean these some people 
most guys at 610 are listed at seven foot right. that's just the way it happens right i know I, henry and dylan are at least seven foot probably seven one in uh in shoes and maybe even a little bit bigger uh and then i've heard that the kid uh crevice mm-hmm. uh he's supposed to be like seven two as well right. uh so you know you've got big 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 people most seven footers play that straight up and down kind of basketball they don't lean they don't bend they don't right. play on the diagonal and when you dribble it's all about angles and cutting right i only know so much about basketball but you watch a guy a lot of these seven foot guys and some of them have this the short arms and the, you know they're just straight up and down kind right. of stiff dylan's not like that and uh, i think he's still learning how to you know to get comfortable and play that way but it's uh you know they, they they're teaching him the five as much as he played he was a three-point shooter in high school and uh you know he needs to get down there and he's he's a he's a strong kid i mean he's uh he, i don't know if he looks it i can't really he's tell. naturally strong you can tell by his tree he's got those tree trunk legs he doesn't have the yeah. real stiff leg or the you know the stiff legs right there it's, it's a it's a he's, he's just got a different but most people that see him look at him and say he looks like a six six or seven guy stretched out a little bit right as opposed to like a lot of seven footers have this weird super long body or you know it's 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 not proportionate and he's one of those guys that 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 is that way so we're looking forward to seeing what he what he can do this year because i think he's going to get some opportunities let's talk about the shooting we've all seen the videos right there frank he's running off picks he's making uh, plays right there he's hitting step backs Maybe see a little bit of a power forward type of uh, play right there out of Dylan. Yeah, I mean, I only know so much about basketball, but I'm, I mean, the way Stop I'm saying that, them, you know, a lot about basketball. I can tell by our texts, you know, a lot about basketball. Well, yeah, I know, I know some stuff, but I, you know, I, I see him, I see him more with the four. I think they're working to him at the five, which he needs to learn how to play. Um, right. He, because you're gonna you're gonna have times where you have to you're that big you got to be able to play inside to be able to go outside and i think he learned the thing i talk about you know i talk more to his dad um and his brother more than dylan. my son hangs out with dylan a lot and talks to him quite a bit and, by the way can we show that picture uh, of your son and uh, uh jacob Let's yeah show, yeah we'll show you a height that. difference right here yeah Same Joey is, Jets, yeah about uh, within a year joey's five five and dylan's six six i think at that point that's that year they played flag football together right. the first year so it's uh joey's got a really joe my son has a really bad they both have summer birthdays right so they're apart a by somewhat but it's you know they're playing the same age group essentially so um but yeah so it, where, where were we talking about uh uh just uh oh shooting threes coming off the drive yeah yeah he can do all i mean it's amazing the stuff he can do i i i've always i learned a lot last year i you know i've always watched college basketball and high school basketball from afar and then now knowing somebody that's coming through it i've learned a lot about the difference between even high school basketball to club you know aau kind of basketball right to even uh what's the uh like a prep school basketball Mm -hmm. prep school basketball you watch Compass uh, Prep. I mean, right. the, the level of basketball they're playing versus just regular high school basketball is insane because it's right. got the level of the AAU athletes, but then it's all structured. Right. So they they're actually it's professional training it. almost. It's it's very very high level. Um, 
And that's that's a that's a thing. Now, Dylan and some of the you know some of the kids from uh, overseas haven't played that kind of basketball. And getting used to the speed. That's why you see uh, guys like Kylan Boswell. Some of these kids who are playing that kind of stuff. You go, oh, they're they're a little bit. They're pretty ready to go right. for college basketball right away. I, 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 I'm a big I'm a big Kylan Boswell fan as well. I, I think mm-hmm. my son and I always talk about how he seems to be a step ahead. Like right. he's always he might not make the assist, but he's making the pass that gets it to the assist. Right. And I really, really like that about him. So um, and it's tough. I, I always you know talk about this, too. I'm watching all these big guys. And one of the things I see, there's nobody to really coach the big, big kids when they're younger. Right. They're just everybody's a guard. Everybody's a guy. I was trying to figure out why it takes longer for some of these kids, you know, all of, you know, you watch the kids right. at Gonzaga that Tommy Lloyd had before and stuff like, why does it take a little bit longer? Well, there's nobody to coach a seven footer. Well, because you know, know how many seven footers are out there. There's a lot of guys that look like you and me that are five foot eight or whatever, and can still, I'm stretch stretching it for me. You know what? I'm going to lump you in the same size as me right there, Frank okay. Kelly. You know, we're here to lift you up right now. Right, there we go. But you yeah, know, I'll take it. But it makes perfect sense, though, when you think about it. There's, it's a lot. It's a lot more normal to have people that look like us than to have a seven footer who actually was able to coach that, especially at, like you said, like a young age when you're in middle school, when you're in high, you know, when you're in early high school, et cetera. Yeah. How many seven footers are there out there coaching? And then how many seven footers are there that were any good? Like right. there's so many. There, I don't want to say there's so many, but there, there aren't that many at that height. Right. That made it to the highest level. Right. Uh, because they're, they're either still in the coaching because they were there uh, and they're just, uh, you, you know, they're, or they're, you know, they're basically at the college level or above. There are not many that are coaching below. So you, it's hard to learn or it's hard to teach when, you know, some, you know, you've got a six foot five guy trying to teach post moves. They're like, well, we just, we, you know, everybody moves differently as you get a few inches taller than that. It's just right. a different game. Let's talk a little bit around the uh, let's talk a little bit about the conference. And we're going to get back to Dylan because we got some real stuff we got to talk about. Dylan, by the way, there's no update on the bike. This is correct. No, I haven't. I texted his dad the other day. I, I don't know. That was a that was a big deal. I got the before they put out, he put something out on social media. Dylan was uh, dad, Rob, his dad texted me. What, look at this. And like, the you know, something was I don't remember what the picture was, but it was basically bikes gone. Well, here's the thing. How can somebody steal a bike from a seven footer? Like I got to imagine that's like special golf clubs. When you go golf, you can't, a six footer can't use a seven footers golf clubs. Well, well, yeah. Where were you? You, I thought you were following Dylan around in the bushes. I thought you were, you, you gotta be paying attention to the bike. I should have put a tracking device on it during while I was stalking Dylan. That by the way was great. (laughs) I saw Dylan walking down the street on Campbell and I took a picture and I said, it's one of the peaks, right? there and then dylan got a hold of it and dylan shot a little jab this way he said dude you don't need to hide in the bushes just come say hi we like that frank yeah he's i mean the, the thing about uh dylan is he's a very quiet one word answer kind of guy for the most part uh and everything's under his breath right so it doesn't always it's he'll just like oh, you know like when he says something you got to listen hard you're like oh that was pretty witty there right. so but it's not, it's, you know, he's not a projected, he, that's the way he plays the game too. It's interesting. He's just kind of a go ahead, straight, straight ahead, not looking for the flash. I told him, get that dunk contest. I'm like, you can dunk pretty well. Go for the, right. you, who cares if you win or not? Just go and try and dunk. So people see it's like, you know, it's just like, 
go for it. Have some fun. But he's like, I want to just, I want to play basketball. Play. He's, that's that's the kind of warrior that he is. So you wanted to talk a little bit about Packers. Yeah, but we're going to get back to that, though, because you and I are on the same page about Dylan and what Dylan needs to be rocking around in Tucson, though. We're going to talk about that. But first, Frank, have you ever been to a Circle K? Of course I have. All right. Here's the deal. They're a sponsor. I like making sure you're a man of the people, Frank. I wanted to make sure that you've been to a Circle K. Do you know you? Here's the thing. If Mike Luke can go to a Circle K on one end of the spectrum, Frank Caliendo can go. There's all going to be people in the middle. Check it out. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Frank, do you like Polar Pops? Oh, yeah. Look at me. I love them. Right. There we go right there. Check it out. CircleK.com slash store locator to find a Circle K near you. When I'm out and about, I definitely have my limo driver uh, fuel up at Circle K. I'll there tell you go. that much. You know what? I'm a man of the people, like you said. You are a man of the people, Frank. You are. You're from the you're from the Midwest. Do you count Wisconsin as the Midwest? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 right in the middle of the Midwest right there. You're a Midwesterner. You brought your act out to Phoenix right here. You know, like a lot of people moving west, looking for uh, looking for hotter territory. Frank, your reputation precedes it right there. It's very impressive. There you go. All right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Pac-12. We're going to get back to Dylan, though, because you and I got an idea for Dylan right there. Um, what do you look for in the Pac-12 this year? USC obviously is loaded. Um, they got a ton of talent. I was amazed talking to you how much you knew about all of the players originally. I know that sounds like a backhanded remark, but when you're talking about how Nate Biddle, how you, uh, you know, Nate Biddle's game inside out, I'm like, oh, Frank's got some next level intellect to him. Well, I'll be interested to see USC this year. I don't know. USC, to me, last year looked like they were kind of, I don't know, they they looked like they were very loose and didn't seem uh, very structured to me. Right. But they bring in Isaiah Collier, uh, mm-hmm. I believe that's his name. He, yep. He's the really high. Of the country. Yeah, that kid looks, I mean, I mean Brawny, you got to talk about, they, they have the seven-footer that was was out at the beginning of last year. Vince but Prince. They, is it, what, what's his name? Vincey Wachukwu, Vince the Prince, yeah, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. Bill Walton calls him. How great is that? Enjoying himself, Wuchukwu, an, an unbelievable player, ready to go. Yeah, so they've got. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, the ebb and flow of these teams. I mean, I think you see. Look at the top. The potential of USC, UCLA, Arizona. Um, those. I mean, those schools are churning out big time players. Whether it's not, you know, I don't know if it's every year, but every couple of years, you got guys that come through. And I think there's a whole. I, I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I, I've talked about this with some other people, and it, it seems that I'm on the right track. College basketball is really changing, not just with right. NIL, but with for the, the better or for the worse? Uh, I think it's different. I don't really know. I think, I think you're going to see college basketball teams getting older. Right. I think you're going to see draft picks getting older. Um, maybe not the one through five picks, the, you know, the, the freaks of the phenoms. You know, there's, there's a – most of these guys that make it to the NBA are phenoms, but right. then there's the phenoms of the phenoms. Um, but you're going to see because of the transfer, what can happen is uh, the, 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 everybody's better. Everybody's right. at the top level is better because if you're a pretty good player on a mediocre team, you can go and play on one of the best teams. Cause you've just played almost like in a minor league system to get yourself to the top 10 tier. Right. Well, now, are you a freshman coming in? If you're an incoming freshman, you have a tougher time of even playing. I've seen some people talking about this, that 
a top, if you're outside of the top 10 freshmen this year coming in, it's going to be hard to even play at the highest level of college basketball because all the transfers are coming in and everybody, you're looking at playing against 24, 25 year olds and college coaches have to win. This isn't a, this isn't a thing where it's tough. It's tough on the coaches too. I'm all about the players and I like it for the kids. I think it's way better for the kids. I think they've got to rein some NIL stuff in for sure, but it's way better for the kids. And I've talked to some coaches that are like, this is terrible for coaches. I'm like, well, that's why you're getting paid so much. It's yeah, sticks. I don't feel it's bad a, for it's coaches a, on that. Yeah, you know, it's a crappy. Got- it's a it's a crappy job. I mean, it becomes an easy job. You know, I don't want to say easy, but it goes from being a pretty hard job to an insanely hard job because now you have to recruit your players throughout the year. Fifty percent, I think it's forty to fifty percent of college basketball transferred. I mean, that's crazy to think about how many kids are getting in the transfer portal. So. And think of it this um, way, too. If you're a school like an Oregon State or a Washington State, kind of a lower-tier Pac-12 school, and you develop a guy, and then somebody like Arizona comes in, and that's just kind of the par for the course, my guy. That's what happens. Is you're, just, you're, you're a school – now, there's two things that can happen uh, there. You can be a, a player that looks like a role player uh, on, a, on a, a, you know, a, a, let's, say, uh, let's say in Oregon or something right. like that right now. And you could leave Oregon to go to play in a, you know, a, a Midwest school or something like that. that's not Big Ten. I'm trying to think of a conference, an MCC or something. Yeah, Mount West, something like that. Something like that. The Cherry yeah, Rice. Mount West. But, yeah, like you could play something like that. You can go there and you could po- potentially be a, a star and a starter on a, on a mid-tier team, you know? Right. Or you could be a role player for two or three years and then maybe get your shot your senior year. So, you know, it's it, it's it's hard to keep the players. So you've got that. And then you've got this kid who's a star somewhere. And they're like, well, I can go to the top tier now. So it's everybody can, you know, with that transfer, it changes everything. Uh, I think it's really good for the kids, but also you have to worry for the kids because they, they're making quick decisions. They're making right. decisions without, uh, you know, it used to be a coach could develop somebody and now – now they they don't have that luxury. They have to. There has to be really good communication, I think. And I I don't know how well these coaches have adapted to that either. Who do you look at right now, Frank? And you say, you know what? If I had to put a little skin in the game, that's who I would pick to win the conference this coming year. Uh wow. Um, and I have a good joke for you after this. Can you can you do it before so I can think? Hey, yeah, I'll give you the joke. All right, you mentioned. Uh, well, I'll let you. I'll get the read in, then I'll tell you the joke. So you're going to have about a minute, Frank, to be able to come up with this right here. Okay. But if you want to bet on what we're talking about, no better place than BetMGM. Get it? If you haven't signed up for BetMGM, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, use bonus code PHNX. Check out show notes for details. Let's hear Shane with all the details. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, Frank, do you want to hear my joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You mentioned Oregon. Dana Altman. Okay. 
Dana Altman was born in Crete, Nebraska. My whole family was born in Crete, Nebraska as well. Okay. What do you call somebody that moves out of Crete, Nebraska? Uh, uh, everyone. An excretion. excretion. Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excretion. Yeah. Really you, don't like that. you don't think that's funny? Yeah, I know. It's great. It's really. Wait, can I use that? Of can course, I, Frank. You can use that on anything. You don't even need to call. You don't even need to qualify it. I'm going Arizona. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Arizona winning the conference. The only reason I didn't say uh, that to start was I'm not exactly sure what UCLA has coming in. Do you like McCrone? Uh do I like McCrone? <clears throat> I, I. I think he's when he's your coach, you love him. When you're right. coaching against him, you don't. It's the Draymond Green type of thing. Yeah. Like if he's, if he's like you, I gotta believe UCLA fans love him. You know right. that he's, you know, he's a tiny little man in a suit, uh, <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's kind of robotic, and he's, a, you know, <laughs> always looks flustered. He's complaining about things that are even going his way. Uh, <laughs> I see that. Um, uh, I don't know what USC is going to be either. I, I just, I, I, I don't, you don't know. With the transfer, everything, it's so different. That's the same thing with Arizona, though. I see Caleb Love coming in. I think that's very exciting. I was on the Caleb Love train a couple of years ago. Like, he looked like a star. I, right. And I still think he is. I, I, you know, I think they just uh, had some issues Mm -hmm. uh with uh gelling at north carolina last year but it was it two years ago that in the ncaa tournament yep. he was uh, two, ridiculous two huge games yep yep yeah yep. i mean he just looked like he looked unstoppable um so you have that and just an athlete it looked like a, he looks like he i mean he looks like an nba player i mean that's the he looks like he could play at right. that to me in that at that next level um and uh, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be really big. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot tougher, Frank. It felt like last year. Yuck. It felt last year that there was again, like they won a lot of games, but it always felt a little bit kind of like fool's gold. And that I never knew who really wanted the ball at the end of a game. I never really. I and you kind of saw that against Princeton in the last few minutes. It didn't really look like anybody wanted the ball right there. I don't know that that's going to be a problem this year. Yeah, and with Kashad in there, I think Dylan's going to get some opportunities. I think he's definitely. I think he's going to get an opportunity. I just, I have to believe from what I've seen, the the, the change in his right. foot speed um, and uh, just his ability. It's amazing when you watch these guys first come in, and this is why I question what's going to happen at USC or UCLA. When when players first get there, you watch them and they look like they're looking for the place to go. I watched that with anybody new last year. Uh, even Kylan at the beginning of the year, you, you go, you see them thinking their way, where do I passed? Now, where do I go? Right. You see that with uh, when Dylan got his, uh, he didn't get many shots, but you see that with Henry. You see that with the guys that are new. They're like, okay, uh, I'm supposed to set a pick now. Where am I supposed to set the pick? <laughs> Point go A to, B, to the yeah. pick. Right. You have to get comfortable and you can't, the only way to do that's playing. And that, you know, that's the, that's the, the, the situation, the hypocrisy, I guess is the right way. I don't know if the hypocrisy or the oxymoronic, uh, I don't know what the word that is. That all works. The, 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 yeah. Just throw it in there. Somebody yeah. fix it later. But it's that weird sense of, sense of how do you get in and play if, if you need, you know, if it looks like you need more practice to play, 
and you need to learn the system. How do you get in the system and get going? Because the speed of the games is totally different than anything you can right. simulate in practice. Right. It's just I watch that Pac-12 stuff. And the difference between that and a high school game I watched, the speed, and we were just at M NBA Summer League. My son and I went just to go see the differences. And we, we ripped my son. Really you got to have some meals with some pretty cool guys there as well, Frank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've been friends with uh, Daryl Morey for years. I beat him and I crush him in ping pong, a uh, right. very high level. He's gonna... actually a pretty good player, um, but I crush him. And then uh, Nick Nurse, we ended up uh, having breakfast with, it was, which was pretty cool. And a couple different NBA scouts and stuff like Were that. Were you the conduit that... that brought Azulis Tabellis and Marcus Bagley to the Philadelphia 76ers? Be honest. I, yeah. Hey, listen, Corona del Sol is in my backyard. I know Marvin the third, Marvin Bagley yeah. the third. Uh, he, yeah, he played at Corona. I don't remember where Marcus, Marcus played somewhere else, I guess. Right, but, Marcus in California. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm, let, let's just go with I'm the conduit. I'm the, the one. No, we give you a lot of credit for that. Do you think yeah. now, now, speaking of Dylan Anderson, you and I were looking at this. We don't need – now, again, it's cool to have the bike. But when you look at Dylan, you look at somebody I think that's kind of a rugged individualist, like you said, a man yeah. of uh, – a man that does his – lets his you know, work do the talking, you know, with a few quips here and there. We need Dylan in a Jeep or a 4x4. Four four. That's what Dylan needs to be rocking around in campus, Frank. Yeah, no clown, not a clown car or something like that, right? No. Like, not, uh, what isn't there a big? Who, is there a big dealer out there or something? I'm trying to Jim stop Click. Jim Click Jim, is the biggest. Jiminy Click it. Click Jiminy Click it. Is that when you wish we can't do that? That's <laughs> see, I cut that off. I know they're, they're no, trying to good. sell their TV. Uh, yeah, we got we got to try and get him. I got I'm gonna start trying to work nil deals just for Dylan. Uh, okay. Get him a tool belt and uh, you know, he's got that cowboy hat and those cowboy boots. Uh, I don't like the mustache, though. That's I don't like the mohawk. I've been telling him that, man. No, I told him that, and he doesn't listen to me. I'm like, well, that mustache and mullet thing or whatever he had. I don't. I was like, try and look younger. Don't try right. and look seven. Don't try and look forty. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I'd love to. I'm, I'm, maybe I'll start making calls myself. Can I do that? I don't even know. It's it's probably. No, I'm sure you legal. can. I mean, yeah, you're but a private the, citizen. I'm, I'm gonna stay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start making phone calls to car dealerships. And he got his bike stolen. Uh, and it was a, 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 do you know how to say the name of that brand of that Pedaga? Is that, uh, I'm not sure how to say the brand. Yeah, I can't it say it. I was hoping you were going to say it. It was a motorized bike. I'm right. sure I'll get a text from his dad at some point. Like, how do you not know that? Uh, because I'm an idiot. That's yeah. why. Well, Frank, but I said, I said, not I made said, any good decisions in life. Yeah. I, uh, right. I'm in a, I'm in, I'm in a tube right now. So, um, yeah, I think I think that I'm I'm gonna start working on that. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Jiminy Click, what is it? Jim, Jim Click? Click. Jim Click is Jim the, Click. Jim Click's the most important, uh, probably the most important business guy in all of Tucson. We need to get Dylan an NIL with Jim Click right there, though. We need. Yeah, to get let's him. get let's get that going. Now, this is like promo right now. He's getting like over. What do you have? Like forty million people that watch your podcast uh, on a bad day. But um, you know, I mean, I'll retweet all of it. I'll yeah. put it all. We we're averaging what when I put. There's some stuff that Dylan was putting out. He's been working with Josh Lowry, who's worked with a bunch mm -hmm. of uh, players around here in Phoenix and was at St. Mary's helping coach out there, was an assistant, I believe, back, and he went played at Pepperdine. He's, and then August Mendez, who's over at Compass, is, uh, works with Dylan some too. But, uh, but Josh, whenever Josh does a workout with him, I put that stuff, I, I retweet it. We got, what, 60,000, 70,000 views on a video. So 
that's got to be pretty good for local Tucson uh, stuff. And a lot of it's in the in the Phoenix and uh, uh, Arizona area. Well, especially, too, when you're advertising for the Gatorade Player of the Year. It's not two-time, like, right? Two-time two Gatorade Player of the Year. All these people talk about Cody Williams and all that. Cody Williams is awesome. By the way, you want to hear a bad Want to hear a bad Shear story right here? Listen to oh, that. Yeah, that's yeah. all there are with Shear. Oh, there are. There are many bad Shear stories. Shear and I were <laughs> watching Cody Williams two summers ago, and uh, actually the summer before, and we're watching the same exact player. And I said I would offer Cody Williams, and then Shear says oh, I got to. I don't know. I got to offer. I got to. I got. I'd have to see more. We talked with Tommy Lloyd like five seconds after, and Lloyd said, "Oh yeah, we're going to offer that kid." That's yeah. where you got to trust Shear's Shear. You got to trust. Uh, he's got something against the Gilbert Perry kids. I'm telling you there, right there. Yeah, Cody Williams, well, I, I Dylan mean, Anderson. He, I think, I think Shear likes the likes the big time, right? He likes him to come from California. Is that what it is? Yeah, or, uh, probably. You know the uh, the Elijah Arenas types. But you know what? There's a lot of great talent in Gilbert, Arizona, at Gilbert Perry. What do crazy. you think? What do you think of Cody Williams and Coa Pete, by the way? You've seen him enough. I, I, I'll tell you what. When I watch those guys, when I watch – And you were on Jalen Williams before anybody. Take credit for it. I liked him. I liked him. I just thought they'd say he was too smart. I watched Jalen when he was first. Jalen's changed a lot. He became even more athletic. He was really good and could hang when he was younger. Um, I, I like to see uh, – I'm trying to say this without sounding like a, a jerk or coach. Just say you know, it. It's, just say it. Nobody's well, listening. When, when Cody Williams, I believe, when he's passing, I, I don't know if there's any. I watched him last year a couple of times. When he made some passes, I was like, you don't know what to do with him. Right. If, he's, if, if he gets – and this happens with a lot of the players is they get focused on the rim and they're used to playing AAU and they, they go to the rim. If you know what guys are doing, they're a little bit – I won't say easier to defend because he's not easy to defend. Right. But when they're passing the ball and they're working as a team, I mean, that that, that Perry team a couple years ago uh, – and last year they were fantastic too. I mean, right. Koa's, Koa's great as well. I mean, I just watched – my son just sent me some video of Koa. I think Koa needs another inch or so. If he's going to mm -hmm. play inside, he's working on outside game. His shot already looks better. Right. Um, I, I, it's hard to judge because, you, you know, once you see – you watch these kids play in the college basketball setting and it's completely different. It's even different than that McDonald's All-American game. Once you're playing in a system and there's a, a, a real defense playing against you by midseason, right. it's just a different game. Freshmen really look like freshmen. Very rarely do they not. And when, when you're in the – when you're go trying to get to the NBA – they are not they, – they're not basing what your year is like, not that much. They're projecting you if you're in that – if you have that plus five, plus six, plus seven differential right. in your wingspan to height, and you can play the game, and they think they can teach you. I, I talked to an NBA executive. They, they, one of them just believes they can teach you to shoot. They're like, we just need guys that can that – we're looking for length. We don't and want mobility. Kelly Hendo and Mike Luke body types. We can deal no, with the rest. Yeah. No, there's I, there's none of that in the NBA. I'll tell you that one. Um, Where is Carlos Arroyo when you need him? <laughs> so there's, uh, you know, and other, and other guys, some people are just looking for uh, basketball IQ. That's a big part of it. I mean, it's amazing when you talk to some of these execs what they're really looking for. Right. Um, so they're, they're really looking at that body type to tell you, what what are they going to take? And that's who goes in the top five to ten. And right. then players like you know the Keegan Keegan Murray's and Chris Murray's, unbelievable players. 
and just on the edge of that body type, but three or four year guys in college, a little bit different. Um, but those guys go to better teams a lot of the time. Sure, I mean, you, sure. you get it. You can be in a better situation. That's why so, it's so um, weird to see a Desmond Bain where his arms are like this long and you like yeah. you look next to him and he's really good, though. But you have to be how good is this guy? You have to to be at that level and play. You have to be that much better than than a guy who's got the, the prototypical uh, measurements. Correct. So that means that when you see a person, a guy making it at that level, they're that much better than you think. They're so much better than you even think they are because they're not being looked at initially. They're looking for the six 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 seven guy with a seven two wingspan. They're look Cody or uh, um, Jalen Williams. Because of his success this year, I mean, there's a couple right. of different types of players. Jalen Williams, there's everybody's looking for the next Jalen Williams. Everybody's right. looking for that player. Including they're, also looking, <laughs> they're also looking for the next Jokic. Right. They're looking for a guy who the top players in the NBA right now that you would build a franchise around are probably European. They're, you know, Jokic, Rondanama. You're looking for a lot. And they, Giannis, and they play a different game because they come up playing a very team-based basketball. Right. And here we focus very much on the athletic skill and who can get to the rim. There they're focusing on a lot of that. They have some of that, but they're focusing on who can make the pass to, to get the easy basket. You know, I got beat up a lot, and I rightfully should because I didn't think I didn't buy Luka Doncic. And here's why I didn't buy Luka Doncic. And Frank, again, I'm an idiot. Thanks for taking, uh, thanks for making the uh, Make a Wish crowd happy by coming on with me. But um, I, uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, I looked at, I looked at him. Doncic. Yeah, Doncic, and I thought to myself, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I've seen so many of these guys come over internationally that just aren't that good. Um, you know, you had that whole run where you had the Nicholas Skidishvili's, you had all of that stuff, and it just wasn't it wasn't good. And then there was some moment when it all broke through. There was some moment when all of these guys just became across the board really, really good. I don't know when that occurred, but you, like you said, you look now internationally, and everybody is whether it's Luka Doncic, whether it's Nikola Jokic, whether it's Giannis. These guys are controlling the NBA right now. Well, two of those three guys, and I, maybe uh, Giannis might be considered this as well. Two of those guys are extremely wide. Right. Uh, Doncic and uh, Doncic and uh, Jokic, they're both really, really wide, right. and it allows them to play a little slower because they can use their bodies so well to defend. And they probably have—I I don't know what their wingspans are or standing reaches are—but they they can dribble the ball in a way and put their backs into people. That you can't get to the ball, and then you do. They just block. Right. Uh, Luca just backs people down, and then right. he's got the. You know, he's got. They both have over the head shots. A lot of our guys here shoot out in front of them, right. and that's a blockable shot. If you watch Larry Bird would put it to the side and back over his shoulder, yeah. and it, yeah, yeah, anybody who's shooting back, even you even watch Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant does not come through the shooting zone. He goes around it and right. then shoots above his head. Dirk Nowitzki is behind his head. You can't block that. And if you try to block it, you're usually hitting the guy's elbow and he's getting fouled. Right. So if you if you look at the way the shots are going up, anybody who's shooting way out in front of them, there's a bigger chance of them, especially if they're down low. And the athletes that are there are just so quick at getting up and blocking shots. It's hard to get it off, but you put it a little bit behind you, they're going to hit you. Now, uh, speaking of which, uh, four peaks. 
Have you heard of the movement of the Four Peaks that Dylan Anderson is part of this past year? Uh, I've heard you reference the Peaks. um, but Here's the deal with the Four Peaks. There's four Peaks last year for Arizona. You got Umar Ballo, leader of men, Azulis Tabellis, Dylan Anderson, Henry Vesar. Four Peaks is also the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check out Uh, Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Is that good? Do you like that? The integration there is why I see you as at a higher level than most. Um, Thanks. Is that's that's a that's a that's a really you you and I have texted back and forth a few times, and your your skill in marketing, uh, I think, is really really. You see some things that I don't think that, and I have no reason to uh, to just lay it on me up here. No, I have no reason to blow you you know to uh, blow you up here to to. uh, to um, uh, put you on a pedestal, I, I really don't care. But I, I really do see that you do a great job. You see these things. Uh, if, you, if this wasn't your thing, I could see you in marketing because you really do a nice job of understanding, like even with the Dylan stuff, you see what you see what there is to market. You yeah. can see, and you, I think you see that probably with the other players on the on the team as well. They should they should actually come to you. That I, if there's one thing that I would love to see um, uh, Arizona do, uh, 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 and even better, they do a good job. But I'd love to see it, mm-hmm. is the that social media stuff. I think they could take it up another couple. Of, maybe they don't want to. I don't know, but I see they could really put people maybe they don't want to put people in categories because they're you know young guys but that's what marketing is all about i try to tell that we live in an age where everybody um where you are a a brand i actually sat at the uybl uh sat on the on the bleachers and talked to tommy lloyd for a second because everybody's a brand everybody's a brand right everybody's a brand it's like yeah they are but that's what it that's what it is and tommy's an old school guy which I get a lot of the a lot of the uh, big coaches are that um, I don't see Shire at Duke being a you know a new school kind of guy. Some of these young some of these guys who are in the you know mid tier schools have to do a little bit more of that. Right. Um, but you really are a brand. I, I and it's 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 a thing that not all not everybody can embrace or is even a part of what they do. And uh, you know, I think Kylan Boswell does a great job with it. I think that's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that gets it. You know what I think it is? I think it's being honestly, I know this will sound super corny. I think it's about being true to yourself and about who you are. It's like we were talking about with Dylan. Dylan's not going to come out and be the guy that's, you know, telling jokes with bullhorn on student, you know, on the student union or whatever. Dylan's a man of, you know, a few words that. Is going there to get his job done, and he's going to get a quick yeah. clip in there. That's who Dylan is, and you know what? There's a lot to be said for something like that. You, Do you know? remember those baseball posters? It was mostly baseball, but I think they had some other sports. Like I had one of Kirby Puckett, but he just had a tool belt on, and it, there were like these really cool posters in like the late, probably the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. There was, yeah, there was, but it was, it was. It was their. It was branding before branding. It just told you what the guy was by what they had him wearing in the poster. Like you get see a guy breaking through a wall or something like that. You knew exactly who they were. I have a Kirby Puckett story for you. I actually was at a Kirby Puckett game. I want to say circa ninety. 
shoot, I'm going to date myself here. 95, I think. I was young. But anyways, he was signing autographs. And a kid went up to him. It's funny you mentioned Kirby Puckett. So a kid went up to him and he said, you don't look like the other players. And I'm seriously like sitting there. I'm like, oh, man, I just want your autograph. I didn't say any of that. And then he said, if I look like the other players, I wouldn't be playing with them. It was the it was just the most cool, like, <laughs> being comfortable in your skin thing ever that I saw from a guy at that point. Because, like, you know, Kirby was Kirby was an icon. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He was a massive deal. Listen, Triton Junior College. That's right. where he went to school. And my dad, yeah, I even know because my dad went there for a semester. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, right there and in, in, uh, right outside of Chicago. So, uh Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm. You know, I, me being five six and playing outfield as a kid, Kirby Puckett was one of those guys that we, you know, I looked up to because I was like, whoa, I, you know, I didn't realize I was so far off of how great he was. But you know, you look and go, hey, maybe I could be that kind of a player. All right, now let me ask you this, Frank. Before and then I'll let you go after a few. Uh, but I do have to ask you about: Have you ever checked out pins and aces before, Frank Kellyendo? You're a cool guy. I would imagine you have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Totally All right, yeah, Frank, you're right? lying to me right now. Allow yeah. me, Frank, allow me to expand. Educate me. Yes, allow me to educate the great Frank Caliendo. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel of PHNX. Frank, do you golf? Really poorly. Like, but you golf. Uh, I Yeah, I get about three holes in and then get too angry and leave. All right, well, I'm not going to brag, but I broke 106, uh, about last week, so you know, I'm I'm edgy. I'm that edgy. was the temperature. <laughs> yes, no, I wish I did. Well, I actually broke the temperature right there. It was only 112, Frank. So let's not minimize okay. what I can do. But check out pinsandaces.com and use code word PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. Pinsandaces.com. All right, my favorite player, and I told you I wouldn't do this. My favorite uh, player ever in all of sports history is Charles Barkley. How did you get into? I just want to ask, how did you get into the impersonations? Because what you, I know you don't like to talk about it a ton, but. Oh, no, I'm fine. I think, uh, I think it's just, I used to do it as a kid. I would do, you know, in high school, even before that, you know, Muppet voices, just, hi, old company frog here, just those types of things, impressions of friends and teachers, that type of stuff. And I watched Saturday Night Live in Living Color. Those were the shows that I watched the most. Candyman? yeah, right. All the stuff they couldn't even do now. Can you nowadays. imagine Handyman today? No, no. It's you know, uh, Damon Wayans. All the day I used to be able to sit there and do Damon Wayans characters like uh, Anton. You know, those types of things. Uh, the title alone gets two snaps up. Um, so those I watched those types of things, and I had some ability for some mimicry. I went to school for broadcast journalism, and thought, uh, you know, sorry. I loved, yeah, I love people like Jonathan Winters and Robin Williams on talk shows, right? And that's what I wanted to do is go on a talk show and be like a Robin. Williams, oh my God, who knew? You know that kind of a thing. Um, so I never really wanted to be the interviewer. I just liked television, so I started. Uh, you know, getting it, I found I didn't really have a career path that I knew uh, I was going to try and follow. So I just went to something I liked, which was TV in general. Um, and I thought, you know, once I graduated, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I started doing some comedy and it, it just worked out. I just kind of got lucky. Right. Because um, I, I would never have been able to survive in any kind of real job. 
Uh, oh, I just, Frank, uh, stop minimizing yourself. First, you don't know basketball. No. Now you can't work a nine to five. Frank Caliendo is downplaying himself right now. No, this is, I'm just a realist. Uh, I, I, uh, I, th- there are certain things I look at and say, how I don't think I could have, uh, you know, especially after you get a taste of it, after you get a taste of being in the comedy world and kind of setting your own hours for the most part. And there's, there is a grind to it. You have to do a lot of promotion, self-promotion, right. which I did a lot of when I was, uh, first starting out, I was one of the people that to sell tickets, I would go on the radio and talk like Morgan Freeman. Ah, yes, truth of the matter is, it's time to see Frank Kelly. And, you know, just go that, the Madden thing, you know, boom, and there you go. Those types of things were what I could go on and then talk about anything I wanted in those impressions. And they didn't really have a ton of that in radio. The radio was really big. The radio's, you know, not the power. There are very few people right. in this country now that have radio shows where the radio personality drives people right. to doing stuff right john holmberg who's a friend of mine in in phoenix here probably gets on uh, gets into tucson a little bit but he's he's one of the few people that you can go on a show and it'll sell you tickets at a comedy club or theater there just aren't many aren't right. many people like that there's you know, like i said there's a handful maybe two hands full for the whole country um so do you, how, do you, radio- how do you do it though do you find like a couple you know like aspects that somebody has like their different twitches or their different you know uh uh uh, safeguards that they'll use that they continuously come back to. Cause you're right. Like sure. John Madden, boom, you know, like all of yeah. that. Like he would well, John do- Madden was the master of the obvious. He'd say things you already know. Say things. If the quarterback, if he throws the ball in the receiver, if he catches it in the end zone, boom, that's going to be a touchdown. That was the bit right. was, I'm just going to say the same thing. And when he was out of broadcasting, it's like, I always explained the jokes as John Madden. So then I started narrating them as Morgan Freeman. And that's when the audience realized Frank Caliendo had no idea what he was talking about. So um, let's say, let, let's take, I don't do a Tommy Lloyd. It's hard because these things take a long time to work on. But yeah. if I was going to do a Tommy Lloyd, I, what, I would, what I would focus on there is uh, he's got that quick little way of talking. He doesn't, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's just a, a quick, you know, quick, yeah. yeah, not even opening the mouth all the way being cautious about what he's saying and everybody's right. got to work on uh, we got a long way to go it's always it's always there's a we got a lot to work on he's got i talked about you got some great guys coming in we they got a lot of work to do i'm like that's all you ever say that's <laughs> all you ever say is these guys got a lot of work. yeah they do but that how about how about something else there um so yeah you find out what what is their go-to what's their point of view what's their way of thinking um so with uh, I'm going to choose simple ones but by, that everybody. Uh, so with a, an old school one, these are the easiest ones. That, like a Bush is just trying to figure out, uh, you know, well, well, what you're going to say. You know, with Donald Trump, it's just I'm going to say whatever comes to my mind. That's quite frankly what's happening. Biden is, folks, what are we doing with the guys? Hey, come on. Doing? Sleepy Joe. I know every like, president has to look like they're looking into the sun. You immediately yeah, start squinting right the sun, there. Bush is in the sun, and uh, Biden listens with his eyes. Folks, <laughs> what are you doing? And Trump, Trump has this thing where it looks like he's looking into an aquarium and mimicking the fish. <laughs> so anybody who's like, he's getting too political. No, no, no. I make fun of all of them because it's easy. You know what's you know the best one though is always because I never understood why people didn't take him to task on this. Charles Barkley never said Kobe Bryant's name correctly. It was always Koba Bryant. Koba Bryant. Koba Bryant. Bryant. My favorite thing about Charles Barkley is that he 
especially during the NCAA tournament, he does a little bit of research now, but he's almost like everybody else who's watching it, where you know about one team, maybe. Right. And the rest, you know nothing about the rest of the field of 68 or whatever it is. Right. You, he, he'll he be like, see the guy, number number 44, I believe, who's wearing the, he's got the blue swoosh on his shoes, that guy. He's like, he doesn't even know who the players are. He's he's wearing the headband. He's very, very good. He does a nice, has a nice turn. Like, you, you've never watched a game before this. So... There- there was a there was a time. But he's honest like, about it. But let me say this: he's completely honest about it. He doesn't pretend like he's been researched. He's like, Ernie, I just started watching these guys yesterday. Well, isn't that the charm of Chuck, though? That yep, Chuck absolutely. Is walking into something, he's not going to do any research. He's going to tell you, "This is what I see," and I'm going to walk out of there. And every now and then, he does get something right. I'll never forget when he made because I was old enough to legally gamble in Las Vegas at the time. I like to brag, yeah, but this was I during the Dallas Mavericks run to the championship. And he was playing the Lakers and uh, everybody's picking the Lakers. And he says, nope. And this was the uh, the, the Pau Gasol, uh, uh, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash team. Or, um, and he's like, nope, nope. They got uh, they got uh, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. He's better than all those players. And everybody's laughing. And lo and behold, I think they swept him. So every now and then he gets something right, including Arizona smashing Duke about 10 years ago. Uh, Frank Galliano. <laughs> Yeah, I think he gets a, I think he gets a lot right, but he's right. It, he just says what he believes, and that's a, that's a rarity. And even when you disagree, there's plenty I would disagree with him on, but I'm glad that he's speaking what he you know what he's what he believes. That's that's what I think he's doing. He is the great Frank Caliendo. I took him way longer than I promised I would, Frank. But we're gonna land on this note. We got to get Dylan something going right here again. Yeah, so Dylan's got to be riding around town in a cool vehicle. Again, we don't want him in a Miata. We don't need him in anything like that. We need Dylan in something that reeks outdoor ex- exploratory ventures. Yeah, I think so. I think you were right when you hit it on the head with a Jeep or something like that. You could be like, I know this is an old reference, but I could see the head popping out like Dino the dinosaur on the on the Flintstones car. Yeah. I mean, that's a uh, I, I get. I bet you we could teach Dylan to say "yabba dabba do" loudly. Uh, we could get him to do that, and it would fit right in with the persona of just sneaking in a quick little quip here and there. It would work. Yabba dabba do. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's here's another thing I tell you. He's he's a really good athlete. Uh, my son goes golfing with him. Some he right. hits the ball golf ball. He could have been a pitcher too. I bet you he could throw a ball ninety plus miles. And a Randy Johnson type. That's. There's a lot of things. If you watch, he swings. He swings a golf club for a six-six guy, and it looks tiny. I mean, it's just really funny. We, I got to get him some golf clubs. That's going to be my job now. Is just to be uh, D N I L Dylan uh, name it like this. I know. I like that. By the way, can you get him? Well, first of all, on the course, Dylan Anderson on the course. That's something that we need to. If he can really play, that's something that we need to be promoting there, Frank. Because most college kids can't play golf. Yeah, he played. Uh, he, he played with my son just the other day, and I, 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 I've only seen swings, uh, you know, and stuff like that. And he hits the ball a ton. But it is funny with these tiny little golf clubs right. that he, that he's, and they're normal size golf clubs. They just look, they, they look like they're for Ken doll for a Ken doll. Well, that's still um, why I don't understand how nobody found the bike. Yeah, right. well, it's just the seat that's higher. I think yeah. that's the one thing. If you got a guy, if you got a guy walking around like this because he just stole <laughs> Dylan Anderson's bike. Well, that's why people, I kept getting people accusing me of stealing the bike. First of all, I don't want to run Dylan Anderson off. I want Dylan Anderson to be comfortable. Second of all, I wouldn't even know what to do with the bike. I would look like a little 
I don't even. I would look like a little like a little squirrel on Dylan Anderson. Sheer would have to get on one pedal each. Yeah. And do like the this kind of thing where you're. Or I need uh, like a booster seat. A booster seat on a a booster seat on a bike. There you go. <laughs> Frank, really appreciate your time, my guy. This was a blast. Uh, really appreciate it, buddy. Great job, Mike Luke. Incredible job by Caliendo. Whack me, I am out. <laughs> For Frank of Jim Rome Caliendo, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.